0: may be glorified say it together that the name of Jesus may be glorified God bless you as you're seated in Jesus name this is the summary of our whole purpose that the name of Jesus Christ may be glorified that his name is made great that his name is exalted that he receives all the honor and all the praise we rejoice in this building that we're in tonight that God gave us we're so thankful for it this building is wonderful the media is tremendous the comfort of this physical place of worship is so much different it's so soothing there was a thing that had popped back up on On a post that Bonnie had had made a few years ago over in the old building. And, And everything about where we are is just incredible. And I thank God for it. But you know, I know we all know that it's all about Him. It's all for Him. And if our focus is not on the fact that it's all about Him, then we have dreadfully missed the entire point. This is not about us. This is all for him, for his glory. In the context of this passage of Scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, look at the Scripture. It's a short chapter, and I'm just going to read the entire chapter. And Paul is telling us. He sent Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flame and fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with the everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And then our text, wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling or of this calling and fulfill. All the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I told you, I'm going to say it again, that this is the summary of our whole purpose. This is Paul's prayer for the church in Thessalonica. This is the prayer that we ought to be praying for ourselves and for each other. The summary of our whole purpose is found in this statement that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified, and that ye may be glorified in him. When you look at these things, he used the expression the name, first of all. The name is the nature and the character, it's all that the Lord is. The second petition that's in the Lord's Prayer, and you memorized it a long time ago, but the second petition in the Lord's Prayer is that phrase, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And Paul is saying that the name, the nature, the character, the essence of of Almighty God, our Savior, who he is, that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, the divine, the sovereign, the mighty God, the almighty. How many of you believe that he is indeed Lord? How many of you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is mighty, he's sovereign, he is the mighty God? And the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him. This is a two-part glorification. First of all, he's bringing out the fact that Jesus Christ is glorified in us. Are y'all with me? This side over here, y'all with me? Jesus Christ is glorified in us. How do you know and how do you see that this is what it looks like? Jesus Christ is glorified in us. That just simply means he's revealed, he's seen, he's known. His greatness is evident or apparent. And Jesus Christ is glorified in us when believers by their holiness, by their separation from the world unto God, when believers that are reflecting who he is and what he's done in them, when believers promote his cause and reflect his glory. We've looked at glory, and I want you to understand that the glory of the Lord is seen today in his church there is the Shekinah glory, and people sometimes kind of kind of look for that Shekinah glory, which is the manifest presence of God, the overshadowing of Sinai there in, in the wilderness, and the glory that manifests itself physically there in the temple. The manifest or the physical appearance of the glory of God is the Shekinah, but the glory, the evidence, you all with me, the evidence of the greatness of God is seen in you and I. Right here is the glory of the Lord. Right here on these chairs, in this building, in this room, is the glory of the Lord. And Paul is saying this is what we're praying for. This is what we're believing, that God is going to be glorified. God is glorified in you. God's not glorified in you when you're in here worshiping with everybody. We're part of this splendor and this glory and the greatness of God. But when you're going through a trial and people are watching and they see a peace that passes understanding, God is glorified. When you're tempted beyond measure and you stand firm, you stand in your faith and you don't waver, God is glorified. And believers are glorified In Christ, when they receive out of his infinite fullness. So he's glorified by us. We're glorified by him. We understand that, right? He's glorified by us. We're glorified by him. If glorified just simply means apparent or you see it, this is how you see, this is, this is the appearance of it, the greatness and the majesty of it, well then he's glorified in us because the world sees Jesus through his church. And then if he's glorified because of us or in us, we are glorified in him. When we receive of his infinite gracefulness or his infinite grace and the fullness of God. We're glorified according to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this that you and I are seeing tonight is pointless unless the hand of God is seen in it. And God's got to be seen in his church. If God's not seen in his church, then it's not a church. It's just a social group. Don't, now, don't y'all be like the Haitians are. The Haitians, when we go minister to them, and even over in India, the India people do the same thing. They like to worship for two hours. And then when the preaching time comes, they just sit still and rest until the next song. Don't they, Benji? Matter of fact, they'll even go to sleep on you sometime while you're preaching. If we have to, we'll crank up some music and I'll sing my sermon. But I'm here to bring you a word from the Lord today. It is pointless to call ourselves the church if God's not seen in us. If God is not revealed in us, if you can't see the greatness of God that is manifest in the people of God, then we're just a really good social group. But that's not what we are. We're the body of Christ. We're the manifest presence of God to this world. In Isaiah 62, in verse 1, the Lord says, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt, are y'all with me? thou shalt no more be termed forsaken neither shall thy land anymore be termed desolate but thou shalt be called Hephzibah and thy land Beulah for the Lord delighteth in thee and thy land shall be married when it's talking about Zion y'all help me preach and I'll wind it up when it's talking about Zion he's saying the Gentiles are going to see my glory through my people and my people are going to be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord they're going to be a royal diet them in the hand of the Lord. My people will no more be called forsaken. They're no more going to be termed desolate. My people are going to be a reflection of my grace, of my blessing, of my work in their life. Let me tell you what the church is and let me tell you who the people of God are. They're those that have moved from the crack house to the church house. They're those that have moved from the pit to the pulpit. They're those that have moved from death to life, from hopelessness to happiness. They've moved from there to here. They've moved from death to life by the power of God. Look what the Lord has done. But it's not just that God has done the naming. In Isaiah 62, 2, the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and the kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Y'all with me? You're going to be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. When God spoke through Isaiah, he gave a clear word for the future glory of Zion. And what he was prophesying was about where we are right now. And Isaiah 60 and 1, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee and the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. The glory, and God said, my glory is gonna be revealed in you and you shall be called by a new name. The word called means to declare. It means to invoke. It means to name. When I was born, mom and dad who are here tonight named me David. When Dwayne was born, they liked him better and they gave him my dad's name. His name is Bobby Dwayne. So y'all call him that because that's what mama called him, Bobby Dwayne. I like my name, David. Adam was told by God to name the animals, and so Adam named the animals. But when you read in Genesis, you'll see that God named those things, that He didn't want man to be doing the naming of. And it started in Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. God called the light day and the darkness, he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Some scientists can come along and change the name of some animals, but ain't nobody gonna change the day of night or or the, the name day or the name night because God's already put it into action and God spoke it. He named it. Men, y'all got to hear me. Adam named the animals. Adam had responsibility of naming the things that the earth produced. God named those other things. And there's a lot of us here today that y'all hear me right now because the Lord gave me this to tell you. There's a lot of us in this room today that man. Adam just simply means man. There's a lot of people in this room tonight that man made a declaration over you. You're labeled by men. You're looked at by men. Maybe even laughed at by mankind. Humanity and life has put a label on you. Y'all hear me right now. Humanity and life has put a label on you, a label that says you're this. You're this. You've got this condition. You've got this problem. You've done this thing. You're wearing this letter over your life. You've faltered. You've failed. This is who you are. And man has labeled you. And some of you have even labeled yourself and then decided that's what you're going to stick with. But let me tell you, God said, I want to call you by a new name. I want to name you something different. You are not this. You are who I've designed you to be. You are not defeated. You are an overcomer by the the power of the testimony. Testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall be called by a new name. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Paul writes to us and he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. In the context of this, Paul was talking about how we, should not be conducting business the same way the world does. That's the general context of it. And he begins to name these things. He said, thieves and covetous and drunkards, revilers, extortioners. None of these are going to inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul said, and such were some of you. But you are washed You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Come up here, John. Julia, come on up here. Come up on the stage with me. God said, I'm going to be glorified in my church. I'm going to be glorified. In my church. And I told you a while ago. If God is not being glorified. In his church. If he's not being manifest. And not being seen. Not being made apparent. If he's not being realized. And we're just having a really good little fellowship group. And I like it. But after a while. We get kind of bored and dropped out. If church was just about, let's come together, let's have a good time. And then you're going to find something that's going to replace that. and won't be long you'll find another group of friends that you're going to like a whole lot better. Or you want to be around. But that's not what we're here for. There is a mighty power that is work. That is working. That is at work. And there are things that God is doing, and he's saying I am glorified in my church. Last Sunday morning, a week ago today, last Sunday morning, John shared a testimony, and some of you weren't in here, and I asked him if he would share this again tonight so everybody could hear it. I want you all to hear John right now, and then Julia is going to share a wonderful testimony.
1: I know many of you have recently heard this testimony. If I share it a thousand times, each time one person's affected, it made it all well worth it. I did, felt led by the Holy Spirit to share with you a dark time in my past life, in my past life in hopes that I could affect someone else suffering in the same darkness I did. During years of backsliding, I allowed alcohol and depression to take a stronghold on me. I felt totally helpless in these struggles, taking medication for several years. Left me feeling like a shell of myself. Please know that I do not minimize the struggles that you may go through or are going through. I myself was once there, and it wasn't very long ago. By the wonderful grace and mercy of Almighty God, he pulled me up out of the hole I was in, and it seemed to be a pretty deep hole at the time, and told me if I would just trust in him, that he would lead me on a new journey and he would be the only medication that I would ever need again, the medication. I discovered through this experience that depression is a byproduct of past pain and suffering, loss, sin not dealt with. With complete honesty, I can tell you that I have been delivered from these struggles. And strongholds, and for that I give God all the glory. As always, with personal struggles through life, innocent people are usually affected. I want to give a very heartfelt apology again to God Almighty, my children, Heather as well as Amy my wife again and I I may say this again and I mean it each and every time thank you for loving me I appreciate it so much it's meant the world to me as always to any of you that offer up prayers to other human beings just know that prayer is extremely powerful thank you to every one of you and God bless you
0: Sister Julia, a couple of weeks ago, Sister Julia came forth for prayer and shared something. And I said, I want you to testify about it tonight. I want you to hear this.
2: Well, several years ago, a doctor told me that due to the condition of my thyroid, I would never be able to lose any weight, even if I started myself. And I told her, I said, I'm not accepting that final say, and one day I'll be back. And my weight will be down. I believed God would heal me and I would get the weight off. But still, no weight was gone. No matter what diet I tried, no matter what I did, it didn't matter. Well, in June, January of 2019, God started dealing with me about if I would do my part, he would do his. And about a week or so later, Trina confirmed what God told me. So when I got back home... I went to a prayer meeting at Memphis, and they prayed. I told them, I said, I need you to pray for me because I need to do my part so God can do his. So I got busy, and I started doing my part, and God kept his promise. And he started doing his part. I've lost a lot of weight. I still have a lot more to go. And sometimes in order to get a miracle that we want from God, we have to do our part. And then he'll do what you can and make the miracle happen. About four weeks ago, a laser surgery was done on my right eye. Two and a half weeks ago, I went for a follow-up, and they found a place where my eye was hemorrhaging. This is on my good eye. On the following Sunday night, I had prayer for my eye. I went back to the doctor later that week. He did several tests and showed me the pictures where the hemorrhaging place was at. Then he showed me the pictures that he just took. There was no evidence, not even scarring, where the hemorrhaging place had been he done another test. And he said, even the macular degeneration disease in my right eye has started to slow down, which he was never expecting to happen. Whatever I was doing, keep it up. God's in control. I've been in church all my life. I got the Holy Ghost when I was 16. Church has always been my life. I always wanted to be what God wanted me to be, be the best I could. A few years ago, if you would have told me I was going to go through the deepest, darkest storm of my life, I would never have believed you. Not that I'm better than anybody else. It's just I've always been raised, you know, you do your, do right, you pray, you read your Bible, you fast, you do what you got to do. Live your life pleasing to God. I was raised that way, and I've tried all my life to do that. I always thought my faith was strong, and I would never go through a deep, dark depression. Over a year ago, I started having spells of depression. Slowly one, get through that, and then go through another. I would pray and read my Bible, and it seemed to get a little better, but not much. I would come to church, and I'd feel God, and, go home and go through things again. They say that if you're out in the ocean riding the waves and one sweeps over you that you wasn't expecting as you come up for air and another one comes pounding down on top of you, the current is so strong sometimes it will sweep your feet out from under you, carry you out into the deep and even the most experienced of swimmers get caught in this, and they don't survive because you lose strength and you can't hold on any longer. This is how I felt. The devil slipped in during my weak moments, distracting me, and situation after situation after situation bombarded me from every side. I felt like I couldn't function. I couldn't breathe. I would pray, and it was as if the heavens were pressed. I would go into my prayer room, and sometimes I would feel God, and sometimes I wouldn't. I'd come to church and worship God, and I would feel a little bit of at ease, but not much. I knew from my experiences in the past with God and what I'd been taught all my life that he was with me. I can't go home by my feelings of what I'm going through. But the depression grew worse and worse. There were times I couldn't get up out of bed. Times I would just leave the house and be gone for hours just trying to escape. Times I would get snappy and grumpy, but still it grew worse. It got so bad, my husband had me go and get on some medication. How much I didn't want to do, and he didn't want, but it was that bad. It was really, really bad. I developed bitterness, hatred, envy, strife. Well, it goes on and on. The devil would just torment my mind day and night. One time, the devil even said, why don't you just scare yourself and get out of this? I told him, you know, if it weren't for spending eternity in hell with you, I probably would, but I'm not. He tormented me continually day and night. I would read God's word trying to gain strength. And it was like I knew God was there, but I couldn't feel him. I would go to Psalms 147, three and four, and it says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars and he calleth them all by their names. And I would remind myself God knows where I am. He's not left me. This too shall pass. But still, that didn't make me feel better. But I would try to encourage myself, saying, "If He knows what the stars' names are, and He knows how many there are, that He knows where I'm at. There's a reason, and I don't know why." One day, I had text Brother David and Sister Bonnie, and I told them, "Please pray." I felt like I was drowning in this deep, dark pit. And every time I would try to climb out, I would slip and fall further in this deep, dark pit. And every time I would try to climb out, I would slip and fall even further. But I was not giving up on God. I knew he was there. He was just silent. One night I went to a service, and I was always scared about this medicine, but I was so bad, like I said, I had to take something. And the preacher got up and said, there's three people here that's on prescription medicine. And God said, if you'll give it to me, I'll take it away, and you won't be addicted. I went straight out to the car, and I got rid of I didn't even wait for the service stand. I went straight to the car, and I got rid of my medicine. It got worse and worse, and the devil said, you need to call the doctor. You need to get your medicine. I'm not calling the doctor. I went on God. And still, God stays silent. I had to learn to trust him like I've never had to trust him before. It felt like I was holding on to a thread, and it was slowly unraveling. Still no deliverance, but I still claimed it would come. I would come to church and by faith I would act as though nothing was wrong while all the time my world was upside down. And I was a total wreck. My family didn't even know what to do with me. But through the prayers that were prayed, God finally moved. Last Sunday afternoon while I was laying face down before God. I was laying across my bed. While I was lifting my hands off my shoulders to lay it all at his feet one more time, I would continually go before him and lay it down there. But it seemed like somehow or another it always crept back. The devil knows just how to do it. And I was laying there and as I laid took my hands and I said, God, I'm giving it to you this one more time. I can't do it anymore. I can't take it anymore you got to take this. All at once, a sweet presence just came into my room. And a sweet peace came over me, and God delivered me. The devil's trying to make me doubt what I received and say that it was just a feeling. He's throwing stuff at me right and left. And, yeah, I got kind of angry. But still, the weight has not come back, and it's not returned. And I told the devil, God's delivered me and even though things may come against me that I may not like, I'm the victor. You've been defeated in the name of Jesus. The way of depression's gone and a peace that passes all understanding prevails. <laughs> Just a tidbit of advice. You don't know what the person that you're sitting next to is going through. You may not see anything wrong. You may think they got their act all together, but if God puts you on their heart, on they put God puts you on, puts them on your heart. It's time to pray, because there's a reason. Your prayers are valuable, and God needs to work. Someone needs your prayers. Don't ever be fooled into think you won't go through this or that, because the strongest one in here is subject to falling. Anybody in here is subject to an attack from the devil that will sweep you off your feet that you never thought you would come against. The devil is not is seeking and walking to him, seeking who he can devour. And if he gets, I thought, I didn't think I was better than anybody else, but I thought I'm serving God with all I got. I'm doing everything God wants me to do. And when all of this hit me, it knocked my feet right out from under me. It knocked the life out of me. What you see standing before you is not what you saw in my home. It's not what you saw if you looked in between behind the curtains, if God pulled back the curtains. But God, God had mercy and grace. And sometimes you have to go through things because trials. You have to go through the trials to make you stronger. And you got to be tried as gold. So don't give up on God, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter how down or how low you may get. Remember, God is always there. And even though you don't feel him, he is there. And there's a reason.
0: Hallelujah. 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 Did you hear? Did you hear? I know that these two have spoken, and Beverly spoke while ago and brought this word, but have you heard what's been said tonight? God is glorified in these two lives, in that life. God is glorified. It didn't look like God was being glorified when they're walking through the things that they went through, but I want to tell you something. That doesn't define you. That doesn't, that's not the will and the plan of God. God said, if I, I've declared healing for you. I've, I've declared joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I've declared a peace that passes understanding. Since January of 2020, this seems like the longest year in history. And next Sunday is fall back. We get that hour. And I told you what Brother John Singleton says. I don't want that hour. I don't want to add an hour to this year. I'll take it. But since January of 2020, the world, you and I, we've heard of storms tornadoes and hurricanes and fires the worst fires in the history the worst wildfires in history some of the worst storms tornadoes ripped across our own beautiful state riots political unrest and then on top of all of that we're hit with a pestilence called COVID 19 Satan tried to shut down the church Satan said everybody I know CD said it but Satan wanted to jump in there and play games with that and y'all just need to stay isolated you need to stay apart you need to stay separated you need to quarantine and we did we quarantined for those six weeks you had to watch church and your pajamas, and thankfully you didn't get so used to that that that's what you're still doing. But in the midst of all of this, can I just remind you that the church might have quit having public meetings for a while and might have kind of backed off and regrouped for a little bit. But when things like that happen, it doesn't weaken the true church. It only makes it stronger. When things like that happen, it doesn't weaken the true people of God. It only begins to stir up that fire all over again. And what I'm looking at this evening is I'm looking at a group of people that says it's not a year that defines me, it's the God of eternity that defines me. It's not a moment in time. That boxes me in. It's the God that is above time that I'm allowing to have control of my life. And in the midst of 2020, let me just remind you what God has done. In our own congregation, in these 10 months that we've been part of, there have been 48 new people that have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 51 new people that have been baptized in the name of the Lord for the remission of sins. And another one tonight. There have been pits that have been, that have had the hand of God. Thank you, John. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Beverly. Pits that the hand of God has reached down and says, you've been there long enough. I'm bringing you out. Joseph was only in the pit long enough for him to be prepared for that next position that God was going to have him. And that next place, it was even worse, no doubt, because he was in prison. But God said, I'm going to get you from there to here to get you to where I'm taking you. I've got a plan for your life, and nothing is going to alter what I have already spoken for your life. Because God wants to be glorified. God's going to to be glorified he will be exalted in his church i want you to stand with me right now i want you to lift your hands to the lord all over this building pastor nick's gonna come and take the mic bring you around the front tom you and i are gonna go get ready for this but god will be exalted in his church come on pastor nick all over this room lift your hands to the lord receive the word of the lord Receive the testimonies that you've heard tonight, in the name of Jesus, in the.